Welcome back, everybody. Hello, Kinderline. Uh, this week, we have uh, myself and Sean, as always, and with us, a special guest. Give it up for Tony. What's going on, guys? Happy to be here. <laughs> Tony and I are friends from Parkersburg. We grew up, kind of grew up together. We went to the same high school and everything. We actually went to college together briefly for a year. But that's and, when we got uh, close, though. There are now one yeah, year. That's yeah. when we actually became really good friends. Yeah, we have <laughs> a lot of history together. We've done done a lot of really, um, we've had a lot of like very crazy experiences in our in our in the time of our friendship. Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, but today, what we're going to talk about, we're going to kind of focus on, is sort of uh, the transition between East Coast and West Coast. Tony is somebody who grew up on the East Coast and ended up moving to the West Coast and did a lot of stuff in between that. And I wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit because he has a really unique perspective, especially as somebody who is in the uh, acting uh, career. So yeah, um, kind of wanted to, uh, to ask you, you know, I know that you and I both have talked about it a lot, but I kind of wanted to get your impression, you know, what was probably the the biggest thing that you have to say about being somebody from the East coast who moved to the West coast, just in general, in terms of uh, the first kind of like cultural difference that you noticed when you went out there. Huh? Well, okay. It's a little tricky, right? Because we grew up in West Virginia. I don't Mm -hmm. know if West Virginia has the like stereotypical East coast culture i feel like we're more like southern culture you feel me Mm, yeah uh yeah as opposed to like new york city for example like you go to new york and you go to west virginia it's two very different cultures you feel me so i feel like when people think east coast culture they probably think more of the new york style how people act and dress and go about their lives there yeah man when when people think about like this like East coast and they think of the South, it's different. And Mm -hmm. we kind of grew up on that, like Appalachian line, the mid Ohio Valley where it's like not really quite Midwest, not really quite South, not really quite East coast. Right. Yeah. It really is its own sort of culture and region. Like it's, it is very, I don't know. It's, it's Appalachian, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So I, I don't know if I can, really describe like East coast culture per se. Cause I've never lived in New York. I've been there, but I will say West Virginia compared to LA or yeah, I would say LA because like California as a whole, there's so many different parts of California, but like Los Angeles culture and West Virginia culture night and day, dude, 1000% different. Uh, <laughs> my mom has a phrase that she says, um, and this actually goes into the East Coast, West Coast uh, cultures. But she said that New York has the meanest, nice, has the meanest, nice people. And L.A. has the nicest, mean people. And as an example for that, like if you get if you're lost or let's say your car breaks down in New York City, people, you know, someone's going to pull over and be like, oh, you idiot. But then help you get back on the road. In L.A., yeah. <laughs> in L.A., they're going to look at you and be like, oh, my God, I wish I could help you. I'm so sorry. And they're going to drive off. 
and they're not going to help <laughs> <Bye>. you. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, a really and, good point. And look, I haven't lived in New York, so I can't tell you whether that part is true, but I will tell you that is exactly what will happen in L.A. to a T. <laughs> to a fucking T. I, wait, are we allowed to cuss on this? <laughs> oh, well, you know, we'll we'll do it for this one. It's all right. You can bleep me out if you have to. It's going to be a lot of bleeping. <laughs> it's okay. Good old, good old Tony Baloney. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it, man. But yeah, man. And, and, you know, especially I think something that kind of comes to my mind when you talk about that, especially L.A. people. I know that, you know, we've we've talked about uh, the sort of the the negative aspect to it, but I would even go a little bit deeper and say like you went straight into acting, like you went all in and you've been pretty deep in the, in your acting career so far. And most of the people that you sort of deal with are like in the industry somehow. Yeah. And those kinds of people, you know, what's, what's like your impression on, on them? Like, you know, the influencers and then like the actors and the stunt people. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll be honest. I do not like a lot of actors and a lot of influencers. I like a lot of stunt people. I feel like the culture in stunts is very different than the culture in acting and the culture in like the social media influencer world. The thing is, right. is a, a lot of people who pursue acting are doing it for attention, status, and fame, meaning that they probably lacked that growing up. It's a lot of, you know, hmm. the theater kids, the, the people who feel like they didn't get the attention that they deserved, and that's why they're pursuing it, because they think it's the easiest hmm. way to get famous. So you see that overcompensation in people's personalities. They want to be the, the main character, per se, in the room. And for me, it's it's really annoying. And, I, and like I, I just don't click with that kind of people. I'm not saying they're bad people because they're not. A lot of them are fine. They're nice people. But right. But it's like they, they put on this character and they're not themselves. And, and by the way, the more you get to know them, you start seeing who they really are. And usually right. who they really are is cooler than the character they put on. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's um, a good point, man. Yeah, and it's extremely common. So I would say that's that's a lot of like the acting side. The social media influencer side is kind of a similar vibe. Um, they are – I mean I'm a little guilty of this because I used to be – I used to want to be an influencer. I guess I technically was a little bit – they call it a micro-influencer. So someone with a following but not a massive following. It's like a, it's like a considerable – following for the average person to be a lot but compared to a lot of other influencers it's not that much um and i used to (laughs) my uh my instagram handle was mr hollywood i guess technically it still is mr hollywood and (laughs) (laughs) i haven't changed it and uh i had this um persona on my social media and sean can attest to this and when I would go to these influencer parties, I would feel very pressured to be that persona. So I can, yeah. I can empathize with that. I have been there, but I remember that man, you were stressing out. It's like you're living two different lives. You feel fake. You feel icky. At least I did. I don't know. I really value like one of my biggest values is like 
being true to yourself. So for me, it felt really disgusting not to be that. You feel me? Hmm. Yeah. Um, but influencers, a lot of effort as well. Dude, so much it's effort, like, it's, man. It's hard. And then yeah. you and you meet people, right, that you know through social media, and it's like, do I be myself? Are they gonna accept me as myself? Or because they know me as Mr. Hollywood, should I just be Mr. <laughs> Hollywood? You know, like so it's like it's it's an interesting dilemma. That's gotta take mm-hmm. a toll on your true like self-esteem as well, because you have this, you're kind of like repressing your true self and like maybe you have this persona that's being accepted and it's like the more this persona gets accepted, the more you might like regress into yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you're kinda, and you're kind of, and you're kind of really want to be. And there's a, there's like a famous phrase, Aristotle. It says you are not what, what fuck, how's the phrase go? God damn it. Something, <laughs> I'm going to paraphrase. All right. Aristotle says something along the lines. <laughs> he says something along the lines of, you are not what you do, but you are what you like. Basically, your habits make you. It's not your actions. Like, it's not like what you do one, two time, two times, three times. It's the habits. It's things that you continuously do that make you who you are. And when you get into mm-hmm. a habit of repressing your true self around people, you start basically subconsciously telling yourself that you're not enough. And it does have an effect on your self esteem 1000%. Wow. Um, not to get like super deep and philosophical and shit. No, that's what it's all no, about. That's why we're here, man. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. So a lot, but a lot of social media influencers struggle with that. A lot of social media influencers, no matter how much attention they get, no matter how much people tell them they're beautiful and this and that, they're very insecure people and they rely on that constant social media validation to keep their ego afloat. And it's an yeah. unhealthy lifestyle. Um, and not all of them are like that, but a lot of them are. And it's something to yeah, keep I'm in kinda, mind. I'm kind of glad that you ended up getting out of that because I, I remember that time and you seemed pretty unhappy at the mm-hmm. time. I know that. And you were just now getting started too. So you were kind of like doing everything that you could to kind of get on your feet. You were willing to put yourself out there in that kind of way that made you a little uncomfortable. But then I'm, I'm proud of you for kind of figuring out exactly what it is that you wanted from it and and moving past it honestly that's that's cool i remember i was my first job in la i was a janitor at an amc movie theater and as i grew in followers on social media i was embarrassed that someone would see me working there it was like one of my biggest fears um, man, yeah, I was like, man, you know, what if someone sees me here? Someone knows me, you know, it's like, how bad is that going to look? But at the end of the day, man, like all this is Mickey Mouse shit. You feel me? This isn't, yeah. this isn't a real, like pro your feelings are valid. I've been through it. Now yeah. I look at that and I'm like, I was stupid for caring about that shit. You feel me? I, I shouldn't have cared mm, about yeah. it. It didn't, it really didn't matter. You can be an influencer. You could have a persona, but that's not your life. That's not who you are. And whether people understand it or not, that's on them. You need to be yourself and you need to be able to, you know, own who you are and own that. Hey, that's the persona I put on. That's not me. You know, if you want to meet me, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that persona. I'm not acting like someone Mm -hmm. else. You know? Yeah. And I I remember um, 
whenever we would have conversations with people that were from there, we would always kind of conflict with them. We'd kind of butt heads a little bit because I think on the, I would say like, quote unquote, the East Coast, there's this like honesty and there's this kind of like stubbornness Mm -hmm. that people have that doesn't exist, like maybe not quite as much as it does out in LA. And I think that like, especially because of that, when you moved over there and you kind of like tried to take on that role, it was especially hard because you had this like, you know, and I mean, you especially this, this kind of like East coast mentality or this like just very different mentality about, you know, saying what you feel and, and, and not, you know, trying to be, you know, fake for laugh, lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and Sean came in, I remember we were hanging out with, People who lived out here in LA had lived on the West Coast. Uh, some of them were from Arizona. Um, and it was little things that Sean and I noticed. Sean, do you remember when they would be on the phone and instead of just saying, Hey, I'm going to hop off, they would say, Hey, my, my phone, <laughs> yeah. they say, Hey, my phone's about to die. I got to go. And their phone is on like fucking 80%. It's not about to die. <laughs> What the hell? And so Sean and I, and, and, and this is, and it's normal. And so Sean and I brought it up. To these specific, uh, these two people that we were talking to specifically about this, I won't say their names, but, but we were like, yeah. why not just say, uh, you, you were going to hop off. Say, I want to get off. Yeah. Yeah. I'll why, why off. lie about it? And they're like, well, you know, why would we say that when we could just say our phone's about to die? I'd be like, yeah, it'd be rude. No, I remember they specifically said it would be rude to say yeah, that. Yeah. They said it would and be rude. And you were rude. like, what? <laughs> I was like, so lying to someone's better, you psycho. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because you like the honesty, I guess, that comes with like maybe your culture. Like I know I experienced that, but a different part of sort of the the Midwest or, or even like some of the Appalachian culture is like politeness as well. But it's not like dishonest mm-hmm. politeness, but, you know, you might just stay on the phone even though you want to get off or something. Mm, yeah, that's <laughs> a good like, point. Yeah. Like uh, the meme where it's like, uh, <laughs> I guess it's different, but it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, excuse me. Just going to slide through here and grab the ranch. Like, <laughs> or, yeah, it's <laughs> like, like just, it's like when you want to leave a party and it's yeah, like, you, yeah. you know, you don't want to you don't want to be rude. So you just you just stay like way longer than <laughs> you want to. Yeah, that reminds me. I was uh because I, I still like Sean and I are still like that. I would rather tell you the truth than um, lie to you to, to spare your feelings. And, and by the way, telling the truth, you don't have to be a dick or rude. You can tell the truth and not hurt people's feelings. Like, yeah, for sure. Right. 90 percent yeah. of the time you can do that. Um, but in L.A. specifically, because people aren't used to it, it, it can rub people the wrong way. And Mm -hmm. in an industry where connections are very important, I have struggled with that. Um, there I'll tell you guys a quick story as an example. I was, uh, I was doing, I was on the the Chippendale show. Um, I was one of the Chippendales. I was, uh, it was like a background Chippendale. So I wasn't the dancer. I was like one of the servers and, you know, I was looking all sexy shirtless and all that jazz. So, uh, there was a stunt coordinator on set that day and in the stunt community, how you connect coordinators, hire stuntmen for shows and, and the way you 
basically set up a, an interview is you're on set with them. You find them when they're not busy. You give them your resume, your headshots and say, hey, I'd love to work with you. So it's very casual and it's very and it can be very awkward because you got to watch them. You're watching them all day, 8, 10, 12 hours, just waiting for them to not be busy. And then as soon as they're not busy, you jump on it with your resume in hand. Hey, hi, my name is Tony James Dickens. I'm a new stuntman here in L.A. I'm a U.S. Army veteran. I'd love to work with you sometime. That's it, right? And you walk away. Sometimes they'll sit there and talk to you. But most of the time, they're really busy, so whatever. And then they got your contact on the resume and all that jazz. So I was on Chippendales. Stunt coordinator was there. I won't use names. There was a guy who was another Chippendale who is he's – a, he's a buddy of mine. I didn't like an, like an acquaintance. And I had been working with him for like two months at that point. And uh, I was telling him I'm going to hustle – they call it hustling – I was going to hustle the stunt coordinator. I was going to give him my resume. And this guy, we'll call him Carl, just to give him a name. Carl goes, <laughs> <laughs> Carl goes, uh, he was like, he's like, yeah, man, like, I want to go with you. I'd love to meet him. Like, I do a little bit of stunts. And I was like, I was like, Carl, look, man, like, I don't even know him. I'd rather just do this myself. You know, like, I, I'm, you know, I don't want you to come with me. If you want to go on your own time, feel free, man. But like, let me do my thing. And uh, that was the end of the conversation. It is reasonable. Um, But a couple of their Chippendales, and again, I won't use names. They came up to me afterwards. They're like, hey, you were a little rude to Carl. I said, was I? I don't think I was rude. I was like, I was just being honest with him. I didn't want him to join me for this. This is like my thing. They're like, yeah, it's just the way you worded it. You know, you could have been a little softer. Now, I didn't agree with that. You feel me? But because Mm. they're so used to that kind of softness, that being almost overly considerate for other people's feelings at the detriment of your own feelings. A lot of the time, uh, that's how they saw it. And I ended up going up to him and I was like, Hey man, like just by the way, I didn't want to come off as a dick with that. Like I was just, you know, this is my career I'm trying to build. I was just trying to do it for me. So I apologize. And he was cool about it, but that's an example of like, people can take that the wrong way. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah, man. And I'll tell you what, it's a, it's a perfect point. Exactly what Logan was saying earlier, how we do it because in our minds, we're doing it to be considerate, man. Like I see it as like, be honest with me. Don't, you know, don't sugarcoat stuff. Like just tell me straight up. That's what I want people to do. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's like a huge cultural difference. Like I think I'm being considerate by doing that to people. Mm-hmm. It's like they deserve but, the honesty, you know, it's like a exactly. respect thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's right. like, exactly. Yeah. And it's creating, you know, boundaries as well. Yeah, man. Yeah. 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 I know growing up the way my mom always said it was, uh, people can deal with the truth. Like you're, if you give someone the truth, you're giving them something that they can, they can deal with. But if you don't give them the truth, they can't, they can't deal with anything. Mm. They can't handle the situation. So it is a respect thing. It's like, I respect you enough to, to like bear it out so that you can, you can handle it like appropriately and accordingly. Mm-hmm. And, and there's definitely something to that. On top of that, I think uh, like, as long as you're not being disrespectful, like as long if you can be direct and be respectful, if they get, offended by that or that rubs in the wrong way i think that's on them i mean obviously if you say something that's out of line or you know could be interpreted wrong maybe it's on you a little bit work on your uh communication skills or whatever but a lot of the time i think it is on them i've seen that a lot in la um 
And I've gotten really good at like catching that too. Like that's something I've really focused mm-hmm. on. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of went it's off a on dance. a tangent. <laughs> just, and yeah, just, yeah, no, yeah. it's great. I think that's a it's a good way to kind of you know lead this segment, and that's that's what I kind of wanted to get it, what I initially wanted to get into when I when I wanted to bring that up first. So that's perfect. Um, <laughs> one thing I wanted to add because I touched on the actors and the social media influencer culture. The stunt culture is like the exact opposite. I mean, people are so honest that sometimes they undersell themselves. But there's a reason for it. If you're getting a stunt job and you lie about your ability, you can kill yourself or get someone else killed. So, yeah, and the stunt community is tight, man. Super, super tight knit. So, like, if you lie to a coordinator, you there are so many coordinators that aren't going to hire you because they're all friends. And they're going to be like, Mm. this guy lied. Like, he couldn't do this stunt. And... He, he fucking hurt himself and it cost the production this much money. And then I looked bad in front of the producer and then I had to, you know, I had to be there for him and it becomes a whole thing. So it's like honesty is extremely valued in stunts, which I love. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, touching on, you know, your career and everything so far, I kind of wanted to focus on that a little bit. And I wanted to ask you, more about sort of the lifestyle that you've had, you know, I think a lot of people have this dream of moving somewhere specifically, you know, like Los Angeles, all of these, Mm. you know, let's say like theater kids, maybe they're just media kids. Maybe they just, you know, I mean, there's millions of them. I'd say that there's millions of them in the States and even more worldwide that want to go to LA and that kind of want to do the same exact thing that you're doing right now. And I wanted to kind of get your opinion out there of what it takes because you have kind of carved a path in granite somewhere that a lot of people fail and Mm. you've been doing pretty well for yourself. And I kind of want to hear what you have to say about what it takes. You know, if you want to do something like this, like what does that take? Mm. Well, you can't come in expecting to get lucky. I think a lot of people, I think that's probably one of the biggest mis, um, uh, misconceptions about becoming an actor or whatever. I'm going to go there. I'm, someone's going to discover me and I'm going to become famous. No, that's, it could happen, but it's probably not going to happen. And it's very much not likely to happen to you specifically. Um, I, I compare it to being a professional athlete as in it, it is on that level. It is on that level of competition. So you have to put in the fucking hours and get really good at what you want to do, whether it's acting or stunts. And I say it's like this for a lot of, a lot of, uh, industries in the world, but because acting mm. in particular is so competitive so many people want to be famous actors. So many people want to be in the shows and be known and make all this money and blah, 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 blah. If you think you're just going to come in here and oh, like a lot of people say, I'm going to go try it for a year. You're not going to fucking make it in a year. You'll be lucky mm-hmm. to be working regularly in six years. You'll be lucky. It takes a it's lot been about of six years for you now, hasn't it? I'm on my fifth year. And, and by the way, man. It's just now like starting to roll a little bit for me. 
Right. Yeah. Now and you've been working, man. You've been, you've been every day. I know that you've, you've, you're one of the people that I know that's, that's had something going on like every day, even when you don't have something going on, even when you don't have an audition or a, or a gig or something like that, you seem to always have something going on. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. You know, I got, I got another source of income being, I'm a server at a diner in Burbank, which by the way, if you're an actor, you need that. I don't care how, how much you're working as an actor, you need that, that, uh, sort of stable income in the background somewhere because you don't know when you're going to work again. Every job could be your last job. So you, you need to keep that in mind. Um, but you know, you also need to find other avenues in the industry. So that's why I picked up stunts and, and screenwriting to a certain extent was, so I have these other skill sets. It kind of takes you, cause there's so many people that want to be actors. So many people that want to be actors and actresses. And you're, you're a fish in this pond full of these other fish. And you think that fisherman is going to cast you out out of all these other fish. And some of these other fish are bigger than you. And some of these other fish are rarer than you and, and more valuable than you. So my suggestion, put yourself in a different pond. You're an actor. Oh, now you're an actor who can also do stunts. Now you're in a pond with less fish. Oh, you're an actor. You're also an actor who can do stunts and you can do voice acting. Oh, now you're in a pond with even less fish. You're more likely to get casted that way. Branch and out. Absolutely, yeah. man. Broaden those horizons. And it takes Find work. A niche. It takes work, man. That's why, like, yeah, like like you said, even when I'm not on set or I'm not working, I always have stuff to work on. I'll meet up with my acting friends and we'll rehearse a scene and we'll drill each other for hours. We'll, like, perform the scene in front of each other and we'll drill it. Be like, try this. Try this. I didn't like that. That didn't sit well. That was great. Try it this way. And then... Other thing with stunts, I go to the I go to a gym, uh, which is like this big like gymnastics gym, and I practice over and over and over again. Monkey flip, monkey flip, monkey flip, dive roll, dive roll, high fall, all this stuff. Um, and and it really is like that phrase. It's like uh, it's like to get to master something, you got to put in ten thousand hours. That's how mm. it is, man. Mm. Same shit, man. Same shit. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I get about, really passionate about, about this. So no, no, going dude. off. Yeah, no, this is your passion, man. This is this is what you were. You know, that's what you set out to do. It's what you've been doing, and and I kind of want to wanted to get it out there that I think a lot of people think that that it's going to be easy. They think, you know, like you said, I'm going to go out there for a year or something, and. It, I mean, that's why they come home because they go out there. They think it's going to happen in a year. They think they can they can go out there and kind of, like you said, get discovered and they realize mm-hmm. how many people are out there doing the same exact thing and, and that it's really hard. I mean, it's not like a, a laid back lifestyle. Like I think a lot of people sort of assume that it is not laid back at all, man. Not at all. <laughs> what about networking? I know you, uh, you had a lot to, we talked about that a little bit the other day. Um, yeah. You know, what, what kind of, what kind of impression do you have on, on networking? Like how much has that helped you? How, how important has networking been in all of this? I am a believer that you are not going to make it on your own. Someone who is above you in the industry, who has, you know, years of experience, a high status is going to see potential in you and and they're going to help you up. And I think that's, 
that's really the only way to make it. I mean, you know, all these people in power, that's how you do it. Like you don't cast yourself in a movie. I mean, you can. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone actually did that. He he wasn't getting casted enough, so he wrote the Rocky movie and refused to sell the script um, unless they, they hired him as the lead, right? But still, he had to pitch the script and people were willing to take that script and turn it into a film. So, like, you're not it, – it's a collaborative effort. You're not going to make it on your own. So, yeah, you need to network. You absolutely need to network. But you need to network with the right people. And, right. and you and you need to network um correctly, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. What's your approach on that? So yeah. you don't want to be annoying, but you don't want to be too distant either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there's this middle ground, right? Um so what I'm currently doing is every Friday at noon. I go to jam and I train stunts and I do it for myself. But you know what else I do? Excuse me. I send a text out to all my stunt group chats. I mean, uh, there's a, I'm in a stunt group chat for, uh, my XMA action course, uh, which is Mike chats course over 87 North productions. And then I'm, I'm in a group chat with, uh, the stunt performers Academy and also a Facebook page with them. So I, I send it out to all those people. So everyone gets an invite. Um, and I say, hey, I'm training at noon. This is what I'm working on. You are more than welcome to join. And people show up. And now I've got, and I've been doing this a little over a month now. And the, the group's getting bigger and bigger. And we meet other stunt performers at the gym who see us training and they see us working our asses off and then they join us. I just met these two guys named Ricky and Alex that joined us this last Friday. And I just saw on Ricky's Instagram story, he's a work and stunt performer. He's always, he was on set this past weekend. Um, and I'm like, hell yeah. And so it's a great way to network. Not only are you honing your skills, but you're also building a, a community and people that will vouch for you. Oh, you, you're looking for a stunt mm. double for this actor? Well, Tony looks just like him. and He can definitely pull that off. I've seen him do it at gym. And then boom, you got yourself a job. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah uh so you you sort of have rolled in your i mean you're you have to practice like you said that's that's your ten thousand hours mm-hmm. and like that's how you stay sharp so it's like you might as well turn that into um a networking you know, i'm sure you get plenty of good conversations going uh in the practice session oh yeah man and, and it and it helps like i'm one of the assistant trainers at stunt performers academy so like I know like the real technical aspects. So like we were doing uh dive rolls on last Friday. Dive rolls is essentially a you're doing a shoulder roll, like a somersault essentially, over a barrier. And they have these barriers at jam where you can make them taller and taller, and you try to jump over it and get a really good roll in. Uh Ricky specifically was struggling with his rolls because he was doing a gymnastics roll, not a shoulder roll. And that's cool, but in stunts, you got to be careful because a gymnastic roll, you're rolling down your spine. And a lot of the time, you're going to be doing these rolls on pavement or gravel or concrete, and you don't want that. You want to take it from the shoulder to the opposite side of the hip when you roll. And so I was teaching them how to do that. I was like, you know what will help a lot is if whenever you get into your roll, you keep one hand higher than the other, and that's the shoulder you're going to roll over. Um, 
And so like I'm teaching him and then we were doing parkour and he was teaching me some things. And so it's kind of like a trade off. It's like, oh, I'm helping you out and you're helping me out. Um, and then on top of that, man. So these, and, and these are the people that are kind of on your level and they're growing with you. But then there's the people that are already above you. How do you network with those people? Okay. First of all, you're going to meet these people. If you're doing stunt courses, if you're taking acting classes, you're going to meet these people that are above you. First of all, you need to show that you're fucking serious because they know what it takes because they had to do it to get to where they're at. So they're going to be looking at you. Is Tony putting in the work? You know, why is Tony missing so much class? Like he's obviously not that serious. No, you need to be there. You need to show up and you need to kick ass. You need to, I always say, treat every stunt practice, treat every acting class like it's an audition because you never know. You never fucking Mm -hmm. know. Um. And, and whenever I, uh, I train stunts and whenever I meet up with stunt people, you know what I do? I told Sean about this yesterday. I'll take a selfie and I'll send it to the coordinators. I got, I got several people that I have in my phone that I talk to regularly and I train with regularly. And I always send it when I'm with other stunt performers or I'm training. I just send them a selfie, kicked ass today, uh, at jam with so and so and so and so. It was awesome. And they'll respond. It's like, oh yeah, awesome, man. Good shit. It does a couple of things. One, it keeps you in their mind, right? Keeps you in their mind. They're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, because these people are hiring. If they, if you haven't talked to them for two months, they come across a job, you know, they they talk to a lot of people. They're probably not going to think of you. But if you're messaging them every week, you know, you send them a selfie every week of you training or, you know, I went and saw John Wick 4. I sent I sent it to Mike Chat because uh, a lot of his guys were in that movie. Um you do that, it keeps them, it keeps you fresh in their mind. It also shows yeah. that you're fucking serious and that you're training and mm-hmm. you're keeping up with your skills. Yeah. So I guess so. This is this is Tony being himself, right? So as opposed to like Mr. Hollywood, um, like we talked about earlier. So how has your experience been? I mean, meeting people, not only networking for, you know, um, for your, your business purposes, but also, um, like just making friends away from home and then in your, I guess, new city. I know you said you've been there five years, but you know, um, how is, how is the real Tony like going and and doing your things and like, and, uh, rolling your habits into your networking? How has that compared, I guess, to meeting people and, and interacting with people compared to being, you know, your social media self, I guess. Got you. So, so you're saying like, what's the difference between networking and making friends? Is that what you're asking? Well, I guess we could talk about that. So really what I mean is like, have you had as much, like, have you been butting heads as much or, um, seeing as much like, like fakeness or pretentiousness now that you're sort of, you know, you're networking in this way maybe versus how you were doing it as Mr. Hollywood. Okay. That's a good point. Um, you know, when people see realness, they tend to be more real. And I think it's a breath of fresh air for a lot of people. Um, obviously like when you meet someone, you're putting a version of yourself forward, right? Like I'm not going to talk, to Sean the same way I talked to 
my mom or, you know, Logan, like, I don't know you as well as Sean. So like, I talk to Sean differently than I would talk to you. You feel me? There's always yeah. that, but that's not really being a fake. That's just, you know, a version of yourself. Right. Um, sure. yeah. When it comes to, uh, yeah, I, I see fake people a lot. I would say it's less common, but I don't think it's because I'm more real. Although I'm sure that has a little something to do with it. I think it's just, I don't waste my time with those kind of people as much anymore. Right. And, and when I am around those people, I don't, I don't really say much, you know, I, what am I going to say to them? It doesn't matter. Like everything that they're saying to me is bullshit. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm glad it sounds like you're in like a really good place. Um, like, because now, I mean, compare that sort of interaction where, like, nobody's being real to, like, teaching each other, you know, how to, like, improve your shoulder roll or, you know, um, like, it just sounds so much healthier, man. That's oh, awesome. of course, of course. And and even with acting, because remember, stunts, people are mostly real in stunts. Uh, my my acting class, I train at Leslie Kahn's acting studio. She's a, she's a really big uh, acting coach here in L.A., and the people in my class are so serious about acting that like you don't have to fake it with them. They want it just as bad as you do. And, I see. you know, it's just I think it's just that mindset, man. You know, I think it's just a mindset. Yeah. <laughs> and real recognizes real. <laughs> That's right, homie. <laughs> it's true, though. Yeah. yeah. Man. So I, I wanted to ask, too. Um, with like in, in regards to stunts as well as acting, you've been, you've done a lot of stuff. I know you've met a lot of people. What's the, f- what's your favorite thing that you've done so far? You know, I know you've, you've traveled to do a lot of your, your gigs. Oh uh, yeah. And was it, was it stunt or was it an acting gig? Okay. Okay. Damn. Okay. Wait, hold on. Let me think. I think I know the answer to this, but <laughs> let me, let me make sure. Let me make sure. okay i think my favorite thing my favorite like gig i've gotten was that movie that we filmed out in china you remember this sean yeah i remember you were there when covid hit i was in china when covid hit i almost got (laughs) trapped in fucking china dude it was crazy oh my god i was like so so okay (laughs) <laughs> yeah so I, i'm in china i i got i got this uh this role as a u.s marine in the movie it came out i think it's called the battle at lake shenzhen look i'm not in the final cut because covid hit and they flew my ass back so but but we were out there right they had oh dude it was so sick flew us out to china um i ended up one of the role i got so when they flew us out like we were agreeing to be uh, basically kind of like these stunt background actors, but then they actually bumped us up to supporting roles, select number of us. I was lucky enough to do it. They had auditions in China for that. I got one of the roles. I had like five lines. It was sick. I was really stoked for it. They had this, uh, it was, um, the battle of the chosen reservoir, right? It was based on that. And uh, they had like an exact replica set of the Marine base. It was so sick, dude. In the mountains, it was cold as fuck. 
we're in our uniforms. We have these like mm. – <laughs> we have like real guns with blanks in them. Fucking crazy. And uh, so we're rehearsing. So we get out there. We're, we're out there for about two weeks and we're getting ready to film our first scene. It's coming up real soon, like within the next week. And we were just rehearsing and rehearsing and rehearsing. And it was like this this battle scene where the – I think it's the Chinese are coming in from the outside and we run up to the to the uh, trenches and we, we, we get up there and we're shooting and like people are reloading and getting shot and it's fucking awesome, right? So we're rehearsing this and, <laughs> yeah. and it's cool and I make some really good friends out there and we're going out and we're drinking every night and we're partying and then we hear this rumor of this virus that's going around. Oh no. And we're like, ooh, a virus, what the fuck? What's, what's up with that? And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and so we were staying in these hotels and a lot of us had roommates. Well, my roommate got really sick. I mean, like vomiting every night, fucking dry heaving. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy's going to die. And they ended up dragging his ass out to a hospital. And I didn't see him for a while. And, uh, you know, and then we heard about this virus. And I think production was trying to keep us sane. So they weren't telling us too much. But there were these rumors floating around. And a couple of actors were already hospitalized due to this mysterious virus that's been going around. I was like, okay, this is a little sketch, but also like I'm a really healthy guy and my roommate was, you know, not as much, but whatever. So China ends up shutting down everything. And at this point, a lot of the actors are kind of kind of freaking out and they're like, what the fuck's going on? Like, it's just fucking crazy. And I was, you know. Honestly, bro, I didn't give a fuck. I was like, ah, this is like, ah, this is propaganda. Who cares? Whatever. We're fine. Like, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> and, and, they're, <laughs> and they're telling, like, you know, they're telling everyone to stay indoors. There, there's law enforcement driving around with these, these speaker phones, you know, yelling in, in, the, in their language to stay indoors and, and don't go outside. And if you are, wear a mask. And there's only a couple places open, like grocery stores and stuff. Um but me and my buddies, we left anyway. And and oddly enough, man, like this was uh, in Dandong. Dandong? I call it Ding Dong. But I think it was pronounced <laughs> Dandong. <laughs> so, so we're walking around and the streets are completely empty, man. And I'm hungry as fuck. So I go into this restaurant. And, and, and by the way, in this specific town, uh, I don't know how it is with the rest of culture in China or the Chinese culture, but – but in this specific town, people like lived where they worked. Like that was their life. They just worked and worked and worked. So people, they set up shop in, in their restaurants or their shops and sleep there during the night. And then when daytime rolled around, they put their mattresses up and open it. So I walk into this restaurant and there's, you know, a bunch of employees working there. And I'd been there before and, and we were like local celebrities. So everyone knew us. We were the sexy, rich actor Americans. Everybody <laughs> wanted us. And uh, I walk in there. And they use Google Translate. And a couple of girls came up and they were they worked there and I had seen them before. And uh they're like, Aren't you scared? And I was like, Scared of what? And they're like, the virus. And I was like, Oh no, no, I'm I'm cool. They're like, Really? Because it's here. And I was like, in the restaurant? <laughs> they're like, No, in China. And I was like, Oh yeah, no, I'm cool. It's it's fine. <laughs> Long story short, <laughs> long story short, we ended up getting on one of the last flights out of China. We almost got trapped there. It was pretty crazy. Um, wow. 
Wow. Yeah. That was my favorite experience, even though it did get kind of scary. Like, oh, <laughs> and bro, I got when back. The pandemic right? hit. That was my favorite thing ever. Yeah. Dude, dude, when I got back to the States, I went straight to the Stunt Performers Academy. The very next day, I went back to the Stunt Performers Academy. Or I went to it for the first time. It's when I got into stunts right after China. And uh, I remember thinking like, damn, bro, I'm so glad that this fucking virus shit's behind me. That's China's problem now. And like t- fucking two weeks, three weeks later, bro, <laughs> everything shut down in the States. I was like, no. Oh, my God. It was terrible. And then I realized it was yeah, more man, serious than I here. thought it was. Dude. <laughs> That's like an patient ongoing zero. Dude, that's yeah. an ongoing joke with my stunt buddies. It's like, yeah, dude, Tony was patient zero. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry for the inconvenience, guys. You, you ever like think of what your life would have been like? Like, what if you had gotten trapped and like you didn't get on the last plane and then you like built a whole new life for yourself in China? Fell in love. I probably have a cute Chinese wife, some Chinese children. Little mini Chinese Tonys running around. Be You're awesome. like in Chinese movies. and <laughs> <laughs> That'd be sick. In an alternate reality. <laughs> in an alternate reality. Things would be so different. Yeah, that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely my craziest story uh, with acting. That's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I don't think, honestly, not a lot has lived up to that since. That was, that was three years ago. <laughs> back in the day yeah nothing's been the same since honestly yeah dude act the whole industry has changed because of covid we used to have in-person auditions now everything is self-tapes i've had one uh, yeah i've had one in-person audition since i got back from deployment in 22 wow so for a whole year i've had one in-person audition Um, that's right for acting stunts a little different but for acting of course, yeah. yeah. That seems crazy to me. I like I did a little theater in high school and a tiny tiny bit in college and like auditioning I mean not doing that in person, auditioning for an like a a role, that seems crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's interesting, man. Um <laughs> you see the same people and and Really, you walk in. This is what it was like before COVID. It's in person. They say, hey, yeah. show up to this uh, this studio at this time. You're auditioning for this role. Here are your lines. You might have a day to memorize. And then like the next morning, you go in. You go in. And the waiting room is just full of people who look exactly like you. And you're like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I dude, that guy had a better Ryan bond. Gosling that said the same exact thing. It's true, man. You're over here overthinking everything. You're like, damn, that guy's got a better body than me. Dude, that guy's lips are fucking perfect. I'd kiss that shit. And it's like you start overthinking <laughs> it. <laughs> um, I remember like because you, you see the same and it's the same people every time. And so you end up like getting to know these people because everyone's fucking nervous. They're waiting to be called in there. And so you spark up nervous small talk and you do it every time you audition. And sometimes you're auditioning fucking three four times a week in in the heyday mm-hmm. uh and so you just see the same fucking people every time and you're like oh hey man how you doing roy <laughs> saw you two days ago you know so yeah um yeah man, you guys should all all go out and get a beer or something so that's like 50 people that look alike <laughs> like, <all laughs> show up to the bar at once <laughs> 
<laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, That's, That's crazy, dude. What a life, man. But yeah, it, it's I'm, I'm, I'm really glad we touched on it, man. I'm, I'm glad we got to talk about, you know, your experience in LA and, and your experience kind of breaking into the acting field. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot more that I would like to talk about, but I think we should probably keep it for the next episode. We haven't even touched on your your military experience, your experience getting deployed in Germany. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think we can probably save that for another time. But yeah, I'm yeah, really we'll, happy we'll, we'll that you came on, on here, man. Well, thank you guys for having yeah. me. Fuck yeah. Yeah, it's been a privilege. Yeah, big pleasure, man. We'll, we'd love to have you back on sometime soon. Oh, that means a lot coming from you, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, we'll have you back on, man. And uh, thanks for sharing all those stories, man. That's, I mean, <laughs> that's crazy stuff. And like some some things I've never really, I don't know. I feel like just you don't hear about shit like that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I appreciate that. Sorry if I talk too much, man. I, God got me a rambling. Hey, it makes it easier for us, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it'd, be a, it'd be a boring show if people had to listen to us all the time so we have to get interesting people on here sometimes exactly yeah exactly i mean so you've got an actor. i mean that's a, yeah. that's such a unique perspective man you know all the all the stuff that you've done if you can look back on it that's you've got some pretty good stories thank you man thank you well next time we can talk all about right. military shit <laughs> yeah and all logan right. you, well, you're a marine good, so man. you can add to that too that's true. Yeah. I'll just I'll eat some crayons. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, brother! Bring the purple ones to the next uh, to the next podcast. Mm, don't joke about that, man. <laughs> this is my favorite. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, take it easy. I'm really happy you guys came on here, and uh, yeah, I hope you guys have a good week. Awesome. See you next time. Good night, guys. Right. Thanks, guys. Bye.